Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey, everybody. Richard Blissbrook here. Welcome to another Bliss Business Hero Call. I am honored and excited to introduce you to Michael DiMuccio from Toronto, Canada, a Royal Crown with Nikon, 27 years in the making. I love these interviews because, you know, if we're not building asset income, if we're not building a legacy income and a legacy company, we are wasting our time in network marketing, and Michael is such an extraordinary example of that, and he's got such a great story with a legacy company and legacy products that are paying him residual income, oh gosh, I'm going to say 22 years at least of pure asset income that has made him a multi-multi-millionaire. And as always, I need to like give my own two cents. You know, we do have a pre-recorded disclaimer in front of these, but I want to give you my own two cents. When we say we're interviewing heroes, network marketing heroes on these calls, that's exactly who we're interviewing. And that means what they've done is exceptional. It's extraordinary. And of course, I need to remind all the listeners, we're not suggesting because of what Michael did that you will do the same thing. We are suggesting that what Michael did is what he, what he did, and we're gonna dissect what he did and how he did it, and from that, you can learn. And one of the things that you might learn is whatever you aspire to accomplish in your company, in your time frame, with, with your vision, you can do that. Because if Michael can do what he did, probably anything you're imagining you can do falls within the scope of that. And you'll see from the numbers we're gonna talk about what an immense business and asset income that he built. And he built it strategically on purpose. This is a for former aerospace engineer. <laughs> he didn't just fall into network marketing and succeed by accident. He like paid attention and he's gonna talk about that and you're gonna get some extraordinary uh, insights and nuggets from him. So, Michael, welcome to Hero Call number 97, which we talked about before the call is, hey, that's the year you went Royal Crown, right? Well, actually Royal Diamond, but yes, Royal 1997. Diamond, yes. <laughs> so I've been a Royal Diamond for a long time, Richard. First of all, I want to say thank you for having me on this call. And I really respect and appreciate what you're doing, not only for the industry, but your professional career, your personal achievements in life uh, are just something to look up to. And I'm gaining a lot out of 
uh, the collaboration, even though you don't know I'm working directly with you, I'm working indirectly with you because I use everything you use. So uh, thank you for that. You're welcome, Michael. Well, let's dive into your story because that's what people want to hear. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you were before network marketing and then how did you find network marketing? And I realize you found it twice, like you found a company and you were only in it for 12 months and then you found Nikon. So tell us that story, but also give us your background. What were you doing before network marketing? Sure. Actually, come to think of it, I think I found it three times and I'll give you a little bit of backstory on that. The first time I was ever introduced to the concept, I was just a kid. I think I was 13 years old and my father had been invited by a relative to an Amway meeting who's Imagine that. a friend of ours who had joined Amway and somehow long and short, my father wanted me to get involved even though I was way too young to get involved, but I ended up at a family reunion in London, Ontario some, some months after and got to experience 10,000 people in love with an idea. And I guess it just left an impression on me. I, I remember drawing circles. I had one of those stands and everything. I never actually did a meeting, but I was rehearsing in my mind. So that was just a small blip in my life and it never reoccurred until much later in life when I was um, first introduced to the network marketing business as a possible entrepreneur to join. I, my background is a little diverse. I was a graduate of aerospace engineering from University of Toronto. I didn't actually enter the field of engineering because I, I landed a recording contract when I graduated. So I was actually busy in the recording studio, writing and producing original music, singing. And I thought, nice. that, yeah, I thought that that's where, <laughs> where I would be now, you know, running around the world, performing and singing. And um, I guess things, uh, changed. I was uh, uh, let go from our recording contract when the record label's funding got pulled from the uh, major label. Canada at that time was not a really great country for uh, original artists. You had to be in the States to really make it go. And right. anyway, I ended up working for a friend of mine who was starting a small electrical contracting company just for the summer. It was just to help him out as a friend. He was a bass player. He said, I'll, I'll help you. You help me. And, you know, uh, next thing I know, I'm working uh, with him as an electrician for about three years. So um, it wasn't what I wanted to do. It wasn't what I planned to do. But it was in that time frame that all this sort of happened. I'd first been introduced to network marketing because I was actually doing the building where they were setting up a success center for NSA. And one of my friends, who's since become a, a long, lifelong friend who's in another networking company, he... Um, he was one of the, the people I was working with to design the, the lighting for that particular building. So I was exposed to it indirectly and finally yeah. invited to a meeting uh, through a mortgage broker who was a friend of my then uh, girlfriend. So roundabout way, I end up in that building, the building that I helped put together in an opportunity meeting. And I was introduced for the first time uh, to, to possibly getting involved and, all I remember from that was how exciting it seemed compared to the life I was living and the life I had expected for myself. People were excited, optimistic about the future. Um, I mean, the product seemed reasonable. It wasn't anything that was going to be earth changing, earth shattering, but it wasn't about that. I just, I love the energy, the energy of the people, the, the presenters, the, the excitement that they were having. And that, that got my attention. And so suddenly I found myself in a world that looked a lot more like the world I thought I'd be in. And um, 
And so I, I decided to get involved. Which and that you, was, um, you have, you probably, you probably didn't see uh, network marketing as the entertainment business, but it pretty much is, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, is. Sometimes, sometimes when we're, we're up on, about to go on stage, I, I remind people, remember guys, this is a show business. So yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a lot of ways it is. Yeah. Um, and if you're professional about it, I think you, you take it seriously because you know, you right. do, you want to give the best you've got. And so to be prepared is I think one of the key things for a successful career, career here. Um, anyway, I cut my teeth in those first 12 months in a situation where um, I, I was not an entrepreneur. Um, I wasn't a salesperson. I, I mean, I, I just learned how everybody does their first year in network marketing, trial and error, trial by, trial by fire, I guess. Um, and I learned to sell the product because at that point in time, it seemed like everybody had heard about this business and I was one of the last people to hear about it. So I was making money actually finding ways to sell the product. I even had lease agreements with people uh, looking for water coolers and I just found a way to make it work for what I was doing, but it wasn't what the big promise was. Right. But um, I heard from some really great speakers. Uh, I, I know you interviewed Jeff Roberti. He was my upline then yeah, and great guy. Uh, Jeff Schlegel and a number of wow. these fellows who, uh, yeah, they came through town and, and they are some of the industry's, you know, leaders and, and, and uh, they, they were already very well established then and they, they could teach. And I loved what, it, what they were teaching. And most of what they were teaching was really about how to be a better person, you know, the, right. the personal development side of the business. And again, I've just loved that whole concept. Um, and it was while I was still struggling as an electrician that I was involved in a rear-end collision. So this is where the, the story begins for me, the real story. In this rear-end collision, I had suffered a lower lumbar strain, a whiplash of the lower back. And one of the fellows from that particular company was entertaining the possibility of getting involved with this Japanese company that was looking to come to America with these crazy magnetic products that he swore was making a difference. And he, I guess he just thought, let's see if it works. I was the guinea pig. So I got a phone call. It was a December night. I remember it vividly. It was a cold night in December. I got a phone call to come to his house 10 minutes away and try something that he thought could help my back. That was the introduction. But because he was somebody I knew, somebody I collaborated with, I, I, I trusted, respected. So I drive over and uh, there it is a little tiny magnet with the, the, the word Nikan stamped on it and a video. And so he says, well, this is what came with it. Let's watch it. So we watched this video and then I realized what was actually happening. I was being prospected. And I swear I must've turned 50 shades of red because I was embarrassed for both of us. <laughs> so I, I didn't know what to do. But the more I listened to this video, the more intrigued I became. I started to hear something I had not heard before in network marketing. I heard people really, really passionate about the products. And that got my attention. And the fact right. that it was from Japan, it was, you know, the Japanese have a way of re-engineering everything and making it better. And that got my attention. But just, I, I love the idea that people were so passionate about these products. You can tell when somebody's sincere and they came across as very sincere. Well, in the time that we watched the video, my back stopped hurting with the thing <laughs> on my back. So now, 
I'm not sure <laughs> if it was the product or if it was the psychology, my mind. Um, so I, he, he had some stuff to take home and read. I took it home. And, um, and my dad, just that, it's just everything was one of those, you know, coincidences, right? We call, uh, my dad was going upstairs to bed. He was suffering terribly from problems with his sciatica. And, and I said, Hey dad, let's try Now he's going to be my guinea pig. Let's, let's try this. He didn't know. Anything strap a magnet on him. <laughs> didn't know it was a, an opportunity. Didn't know it was a magnet. Didn't know anything. Just, he was going to be a complete double blind study. He was totally blind to what was going on. But within two nights, my dad had complete relief. He was not able to walk without a limp. He was, he had, did not have full range of motion. And he was in agony. And in two nights with this thing on the small of his back, all gone. And then he called me from work and asked me if, he, if I could get some more. And that was when the light bulb went off. Got it. So let's, uh, yeah. let's, let's transition to the build. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Product, uh, here's the, the nugget that I want everybody to get from that is that if you can't be a raving fan of your product, whether you get paid to promote it or not, this might work for six months. It might work for a year. It might work for a couple of years if you're a great promoter, but it won't work for 27 years. The only way it works for 27 years is you and a whole bunch of other people have to absolutely fall in love with that product. And it has to produce those kind of results, the kind of results like you just said, Michael, where the lights went on. Oh my God, I've got something here that I can authentically promote and that and people will actually get results from, and they'll become customers, or they'll become distributors. Those lights have to come on, and they have to come on legitimately, not just when you get involved, but the point of asset income is those lights have to come on for people 27 years later if you want to get paid 27 years later, right? Exactly. If you want things to keep growing and keep reordering, and that's why, you know, it just drives me crazy when people get involved in companies and the product is something that your toaster can do for free, you know, tell you what your heart rate is or something. It's like, are you kidding? Like, you think somebody's going to be buying that 27 years from now when computers are going to be obsolete 27 years from now? The internet's going to be obsolete 27 years from now. You better think more long term, right? So lights came on, you had some experience with uh, the other company. So what did you do with it and how did you launch your business in Nikon? And let's talk strategy and numbers. What'd well, you do? You, you definitely use the word that I love to use, launch. Yeah. I, I, com I completely learned that whatever you're gonna do in the shortest amount of time you can do it because there is a dynamic that takes place that's kind of like fusion and fission. You can burn a small bit of uranium over a long period of time and it'll give you a nice warm glow and heat the water and make the generators run. But well, if I didn't you know that. rods out all at one time, man, that thing is gonna go nuclear and you're gonna have one big mess on your hands. So it's the yeah. same amount of uranium, the same amount of energy, the same amount of effort, but when you compress it in time, it has an explosive effect and that's what I learned. So I knew I needed to do something big in a short period of time because I was pioneering the launch, the introduction of this. So if I couldn't create a result in 90 days, then who was going to follow? So right. I had to do something bigger than big. 
I, you know, they used to say, shoot, shoot for the moon, right? If you shoot for the moon, maybe you'll hit the treetops. So that's what I was thinking. I was thinking big, how big can I go? And, and the only advice that I got from my upline then at the time was go out, make a big mess and we'll help you clean it up later. I love that. <laughs> well, that was a direct quote, by the way. That's yeah. what I that's a, not, not a lot of instruction, but I kind of got the gist of it. So I made a list of 154 people. I had 154 people on my names list. And I, I thought, okay, if I need help, this is a project. This is big. Um, we're going to help a lot of people. But right now, I'm the one who needs the help. So my mindset was, who could help me put this on the map in a big way? That's how I went about it. That's good. So the first phone call that I made was to a multimillionaire entrepreneur, semi-retired, who I just thought, surely this guy would know what to do. If he could see the benefits of this, he could give me some help, if not directly, indirectly. So I contacted this fellow who had... His family had built a chain of camera stores across Canada. He was such a nice man, well-respected, a gentle person, loved to help people. And I told him in bleep, you know, I've come across, I'm a I got a tiger by the tail. I don't know what to do with this. You're a businessman. You know things. You know people. Take a look at this and maybe you can help me if not directly, indirectly. So he said, sure, kid, come on over. Show me what you got. That's exactly what he said on the phone. So I raced over to his office with my little magnet and my story and and he i'd start telling my story i just tell this is what happened and in the time that i told my story he leans forward so when i get to his office he's sitting there like this with his glasses on the end of his nose and i'm thinking oh god i'm weighing over my head so he's listening like this and then i tell my story and then he leans forward and he says you think this can help my knee now i didn't know he had a problem with his knee so I said, I don't know, Let, let's try. So we literally scotch taped this magnet to his knee. This is our billion dollar opportunity, you see. And yeah. within a matter of minutes, he got out of his chair, jumping around saying, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. What's in this thing? And I wasn't even sure if it was a good thing or a bad thing that was happening at that minute. But it turns out his knee didn't hurt. First time in three months. And so all of a sudden he wanted to know what there was about this. And he was asking questions faster than I could answer and questions I didn't have answers to. So what are you doing in this business when you don't know how to answer the question? You get on the phone yeah, right. and you call your upline. You say, I got somebody who's got some questions. Can you please talk to them? And that yeah. was a, a few minute conversation. Next thing I know, he's literally pulling the application form out of my hands. There's the first. Wow. First meeting first registration, that person became a diamond in my business and responsible for the largest leg in my business. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You're one, you were one for one right I there. I was one for one. But, <laughs> but the, you know, the thing is I'm still getting paid today for that meeting. Yeah. Some 27 years later. So um, the next meeting was with him and the person he brought to the living room which was a fellow by the name of Bo Tannis. I think you know Bo Oh, Tannis. I know Bo. I've known Bo a long time. Great guy. Yeah, so, so Bruce Black introduced me to Bo Tannis. That's our second meeting. Bo was in a situation where a single dad trying to raise two boys, um, lost a lot of money in a couple of failed ventures and was struggling. And he wasn't looking for a product miracle of any kind, but he just figured if this Bruce Black guy who doesn't need any money 
who's a multimillionaire, who's semi-retired, if he's doing this, it must be good. And so he joined and, uh, and then it began. We started to assemble a team. So the first part of the strategy was pre-launch. Let's pull together a team and then launch and then really right. go after this. So that was what we did. We looked at the last two months, two weeks of December, while everybody was getting busy for Christmas holidays, we were getting busy for our official launch of Nikan January 2nd in Canada. So we were just trying to put together a team of people who could see the future or could imagine the future, but it was an easy thing to really reason. Here's a company that was already 16 years old, multi-billion dollar multinational out of, out of Asia, what do you think they're going to do in the sickest market in the planet? So right. it was not a hard sell to comprehend that there was an opportunity there. But, you know, people, people are people. They, they, they have a hard time believing in their own future, let alone the future of something that seemed imminent. What, um, was, the, what was people's, uh, like Mr. Black and Botanis's, what was their response to network marketing being the vehicle? Um, they both were familiar with network marketing. They both had dabbled and were not, were not opposed to it at all. Um, I think they were like me. They felt that if they could find the right fit and, and what does that exactly mean? I think something that like you spoke of, if you can get really passionate about something where it's in your blood, yeah. then the fact that it's network marketing is just a benefit, is a bonus. Because the, when we understand the vehicle itself, it's, it's hard to beat. It's hard to take on a vehicle like this and compare it to anything. A lot of people who have cynicism or skepticism about it, they don't really know it. They just think they know. They know about it. They don't know really what it is because they've never right. really engaged in it. But these guys were open enough to see the value of it, just hadn't yet found the fit that made sense to them, who they were, where they were at in life. And one thing for sure is when the product started to do what the product did, which was very quick, it's like, it's like having a, you know, lightning in a bottle. It's just hard to not get excited about that. And they, they could see the future. So and, tell and, us, tell us about the numbers, Michael, like what is, what was the first year like? How many people did you personally enroll? How many people showed up at your launch? What did your business look like at the end of the first year? Okay. Um, well, that small group of about 11 of us at, in, in the first two weeks um, decided to put a calendar of events together. That was the smartest thing Smart. we did. Super. We put a calendar of events together for the month of January. And then we, toward the end of the month of January, we, we realized we needed the month of February. And then we did that. And then we did the month of March. And then eventually we started thinking a little further out. But that calendar events put everybody on the same page, focused us on where the events were going to happen. Um, we, we got as many, as many people to come and help us with events as possible because we didn't know what to do. I was listening to audios and phone calls trying to piece together a storyline for, for a, a preview. Um, we had a, a four, about 40, I think it was 42 or 43 people at our first public event. Um, That's awesome in the first week of January. So 10 of us got about 40 people together. It was the worst possible scenario, the worst snowstorm in like Toronto's history. We had our, our keynote speaker misses flight, misses second flight, had to get driven in them. It was a disaster, but it still went off. 
and it was the beginning. By the end of the first year, and I did a lot of my first work in the first 90 days, I have to admit, I really, really put the pedal to the metal in the first 90 days because like I said, I, I knew that that was the key to explosive growth, it, not even for myself, but to have a story. You got to be able to show somebody a check and say, look, if you really put your nose to the grindstone for the next 90 days, you can change your life. Right. I had to be that guy because I was the, the lead in this. Yeah, you had, to, you had to create a story. And the, the profound thing about the story, this is for all of you out there, is whether it's a 30-day story or a 90-day story or it's your launch story, that is your story for the rest of your career. And yeah. every time you are talking to a new person or somebody on your team is talking to a new person, they have their story and they have your story. The stories are the most profound evidence and inspiration that we have to convince people that, this, that the, the work is worth it. Look, if you just like nose to the grindstone, as you said, for 90 days, boom, listen, look at what you got at the fourth month. And so you can't ever redo that. You know, if your story is, well, I screwed around for the first 14 months and sponsored six people and thought about it and scratched around at it. And then I started to work on it. Well, you know what? That's your story. And we tend to duplicate, right? <clears throat> so if your story is 14 months to forever, well, you, you tell that to a new person and they go, well, it worked for him. Well, I guess I'll take 14 months or three months. So I would say I sponsored most of the people that I sponsored for the first year in those first three months. And I guess a total of about 40 to 50 people, probably about 50 people after that first year. Beautiful. And do you remember anything about the size of your team at the end of the first year? Um, I was, I believe I had just hit platinum. So that would mean in our structure, at least six uh, leadership ranks, um, with six legs, all have attaining leadership ranks. So you had six good, solid builders out of 50 people you enrolled. I would say I had six builders, solid about two. Yeah, okay. There's a good. rule in this business that I cannot get away from no matter who I am. And you know this rule. It's the rule of thirds. So if you got six, you got two. Right, for sure. Uh, and two will... Two will make it work for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those so, still the biggest legs I have. What did you tell us what the numbers looked like and any strategy you want to tell us about um, year two, three, four, and five. I remember you told me you got to Royal Diamond your fifth year, mm -hmm. top position in the company your fifth year. You must have then had a big team in your fifth year, which means you crushed the four-year career. So any numbers you can share about that? But there's one thing I want you to focus on, Michael, that you talked to me about earlier, and that is how you strategically relaunched for every new rank. Yes. And I really want you to drill down on that because that's a potent idea. Well, when we're new to the business, and we look at the compensation plan, and this pretty much goes for everybody. You look at yourself as being at the bottom, working your way to the top. The paradigm 
that we we encounter is from the corporate environment. We come, we, you know, we start at the bottom and you work your way up. So we look at a compensation plan and we think, I start at the bottom and I work my way up. So what happens is you go about the business of launching your business and you hit a certain rank. Now, if we understand the law of attraction, I know you do, especially if anybody reads this book, they'll understand why you understand it. Then you will attract what's necessary to get to that rank, not necessarily what gets you to the next rank. Right. So I would have to re-impress upon my team that there was more to go. There was another place to go. And of course, I want to hit my ranks according to my timetable, not theirs. So I have to, you know, inspire them to, to want to do it again with me, do another run. Not every one of them wanted to go at the speed that I wanted to go at. So I would have to, first of all, find out who wanted to go to the next level. And, and then I would have to fill in the blank. If there was some missing, there were some gaps and there were always gaps in my plan, I'd have to sponsor some new people and help them be part of that next move. So I would go into a full out launch campaign again, only this time I would be thinking in terms of they need to hit this rank in the time frame my existing people hit this rank. So I actually started thinking about jumping ranks in those launches. So when I was launching somebody or when I was prospecting somebody, I would include in my game, in my, my uh, pitch, the idea that they would attain a certain rank in a certain time frame. It was part right. of what they were hearing. So if they gave me a thumbs up, they, they were saying essentially, let's do it. And I found myself, I was able to help people achieve a rank faster than some of the, the first people I got started in the business. Because I, I just started working that way and you attract the elements to make that happen. So I did four consecutive launches in order to attain those ranks to Royal Diamond. So each launch that I, I, I did, I got better at. I got better at what I was doing, so I didn't need as many people. I think I sponsored nine people was the last launch that I did to find two of the higher, uh, the, the two biggest legs, the two big legs that I needed to help get that Royal Diamond thing. Um, so I just, I found that at, at first I sponsored a whole bunch of people because you just don't know and you, you just can't take any chances. But then you start to learn the business and you hone your skills and you start to know what you're looking for and how to present it. Right. So could you uh, actually give me like a little bit of role playing? Let's say I'm somebody that is saying, yes, <clears throat> I'd like to do this with you. Give me a sense, role play with me a little bit on how you would bake that 90 day rank advancement into my enrollment. Okay. I think that's, that's, um, that's a really powerful point. Well, there's a couple of things. Um, usually, I want to tie it to an event, so a recognition event. So it's important to have that as a target, so that we're right. we're aiming to that, and it's a date with destiny. Okay, so this so, is uh, August. So let's say there's a recognition event in October, um, Toronto. Yeah, there is, right? <laughs> so let's say there is, and you and I will both be there. <laughs> so let's say there's one the first weekend, uh, I think it's for, no, second weekend in, in October in Toronto. What would you say to me, Michael, to have me not only enroll, but enroll with the expectation of rank advancing by that event? Like, how would you onboard me that way? Okay. 
your, your belief system is going to be a function of mine, especially if you're new to this business. You don't know this business like I know this business, so you trust I know. And so if I say, here's the rank that we're going to hit by this date, you don't know that that's not possible or you don't know that that's difficult. You just think, okay, what do we need to do to do that? And then I just back engineer the thing in terms of drop dead dates. We have to hit this many presentations by this time frame in order to accomplish this goal. Then, then we, so I, st I start looking at it in terms of downline, first yep. generation, first tier, second tier, third tier. So each tier requires a certain amount of time to go through the process, get people enrolled and mindset to launch. We have to have a calendar now to make those things happen. So we overlay a calendar. So what are our drop dead dates in the calendar? What are the events? Then we build the calendar leading up to that, that last event where the last of the group say yes, their enrollment causes this rank advancement, this rank advancement causes this rank advancement, and then you hit your mark. Right, you're walking the stage. All right, beautiful, love that concept. Um, tell us about your four-year career in terms of numbers. How many people did you personally enroll over the four years? And then if you can remember, how many, what did your team look like as of year five? And then we'll get into what it looks like today. Okay. So people can get a sense of what something can grow into. Okay. So w with each of these launches and the last launch was actually in year five. So there was one year where I was shoring things up, I guess is the best way of looking at it. And I think that's an important part of the process as well. Um, we have a tendency to fall into management mode prematurely in our business. Um, I don't think that's what I was doing. I think I was simply just trying to shore up some of the legs of the people who were, you know, committing and wanting to, to build the business. So working like traveling to their city and, and working with them and, and helping them. Um, I would say uh, one of the things that I was blessed with was, when I did a launch, there was always one or two key people that came from that. And then I would park myself, if you will, in their business for six to 12 months. So I was really working a business. I had a regular schedule. In fact, uh, I did it according to rank. When, when, when you were, you had to hit silver in my business real quick because that was a rhythm that I call the weekly rhythm. Mm -hmm. and, and they need to take on the role and responsibility of the weekly events. So I couldn't be there every week if you were out of town. So I'd have to help you get that done quick. We'd do that usually in a matter of days. Then I would come once a month until you hit the next rank. And then I would come once a quarter until you hit the next rank. Then I would come once every six months until you hit the next rank. So it was a rhythm of what I call the rhythm of the business. Mm -hmm. In order to help you take on a role and, and to transfer or duplicate that role of responsibility downline, and, and just keep that rhythm of events. That events calendar is the key. If there's no events calendar, there's no business. Right. And so the only people I could really work with were those who were willing to take on the events calendar in their local area, in their regional area. So um, I didn't work with large numbers. I worked very strategically with one leg at a time, essentially. Sometimes two, but not too many more than that. Um, usually by the time I did a blast, two legs would start to really shore up and then I would work those legs and then I would do a blast and then those two legs would show up again and then I would work those legs. So um, by, the by four years, I, I had hit diamond 
Um, and, and our comp plan had changed a few times during the process, but to hit diamond, you had to have some width. And so I was at least six legs wide, but working in, normally in two very intensely until I went to the next launch and then found the next two and then work really intensely in those two. So um, overall, I would say in four years, in the first four years, my recruiting numbers were probably up around 80, not, not much more than that, because like I said, the majority of the work that I did was really in the first 90 days, the first year, I would say. And yep. then it was working that, that business. Right. And I did have a, a good fortune of being introduced to somebody who was an opportunity to just really try something. How, how could, could you really engineer something magnificent? And we did. Um, again, they didn't know what could be done, what couldn't be done. I saw the potential individual, and, and we helped, I helped this gentleman um, really knock it through. The, they did over 200,000 in volume in first month of business, first time ever in network marketing. So it was a, out, of the, wow. out of the ballpark. Yeah, it was just an incredible experience to see what could be engineered. And, and so I'm a very strong proponent of engineering your business, meaning right. purposefully designing your business, your, your, your MO, what are you doing every day? What's your rhythm? Right. And what are you doing every week? And what are you doing every month? And so if you've got some targets, some goals that you can get some assistance on from upline who are achievers, lock in on that. And then you just commit to making that happen and work with people who do the same. You can't work with everybody, but you can work with some people who are, who really want what they say they want. It'll go. And, um, and that's what, what I things, did. What did things look like in your fifth year when you hit Royal Diamond? It was crazy. It, we, by that time, we had built an infrastructure of events that were now national events. Um, I worked with the creation of an organization called Team Diamond, and that was our national event um, calendar big events. And um, I, that year, that was, uh, that was the year I was also, uh, <laughs> I had my first child. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hit 33. I had my first six figure month check. I got consultant of the year. It was like a crazy year. Um, 30, 33 <laughs> years old, making a hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah. And your first child, consultant of the year. Okay, well, that pretty much sums up your four-year career. Your fifth year, you, you hit the highest rank in the company, and you're making 100 grand a month. And you told me earlier that that team has grown probably not every year in the last 27 years, because when you have that long of a time span, you have all kinds of stuff going on but you've been paid on that four-year effort now for 22 years. Uh, some months as much as $5 million a month in sales. Yeah. Like 50,000 people total on your team. Probably mm -hmm. more, but 50,000 that you're tracking. Yeah, that I'm aware of. And, and yeah. I, I like to keep tabs on, on how many people are, are cashing a check every month and that's about 5,000 people. So yeah. that's, that's, that's that, 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 I just love that number right there. So here's just something to think about folks. You know, here's Michael 27 years ago, gets involved, really smart launch. You know, he kind of went around in his network and he, instead of just recruiting, Hey, come join this opportunity. He said, Hey, 
we're going to launch this. We're going to create something big. I don't care what the company's done in the past. I don't care what anybody locally has done in the past. We're going to launch something new and extraordinary here in Toronto. And so I'm out recruiting basically my C-level team. You know, who's my CFO? Who's my CMO? Who's my, you know, chief sales officer? You know, we're, we're going to get strategic. And then the first thing you do is like you create a launch event for that core group. And 44, 41 people. Um, and then the, the series of events for that group. And so, folks, just from that initial effort, how many times has Michael said most of what he accomplished, he did in the first 90 days, if not the first year, taking that uranium core, instead of letting it burn over a long period of time, squeeze it down into 90 days, boom. And what does that create? 5,000 people cashing a check every month. That's impact. That's making a difference in people's lives. And that doesn't even speak to the products and the product's contribution to people's lives and the customers. And so that's a beautiful story. So here's a question for you. In that 27 years, what's the dumbest thing you've done? <laughs> either either one... You. Either one time or a really bad habit. Oh, I, I, I don't know if I did something dumb in terms of one time. I think a bad habit. Um, you know, as much as I love what I do and as much as I love the company I do it with and everything it stands for, humans being more, the five pillars of health, technologies that are absolutely life-changing, I took my foot off the gas. When? I, I made a move to live in Barbados with my family. So I know you can relate. You're an island guy. I don't know if you recognize that painting back there. That's one of the guys from Hawaii. I love his work. Christian yeah. Lassen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I took my foot off the gas. And I'm not exactly sure why. Um, I, I well, think you were making a hundred grand a month. <laughs> well, no, I don't. It wasn't even that. It's it's more money than most people know what to do with anyway. And and I guess I've made some foolish mistakes where money's concerned. Trust yeah. me, a million dollars doesn't get you very far if it's a one investment thing. And I've done that. Right. Burned right. a million bucks in one investment. Um, no, it, it's we we tend to think that we've arrived. I guess, or maybe. I got to the top of the compensation plan and wasn't sure what there was a not necessarily a next logical step. So you, you just take your eye off the prize. You, you, you lose your focus. And, and that's what I think happened to me and then got distracted by life, started enjoying things in a different way. And, and I, I could have probably been that much further ahead and had much, much greater of an impact had I not done that. Now, I don't regret the fact that I've enjoyed my life. I've enjoyed um, the success that, we, that my team has, has had. Many of us have had extraordinary lives, and we're grateful to, to everything Eakins provided for us, especially where our health is concerned. Um, but if I had to do it again, that's the one thing I would not have done. I would not have taken my foot off the gas. I would have stayed and kept the edge because what we're taught often in this business is that it's uh, it's like a retirement. 
it's like a, a you know, passive income or whatever. Like you, you get to the top and then you don't have to do anything the rest of your life. And somehow some, on some psychological level, that, that leaves an impact and we start to act that way. But if we turned it into instead, this is a lifestyle. I get to wake up when I want. I get to work with who I want, wherever I want. And it's not some of the time, it's, it's all of the time. It's the lifestyle that I choose. I have the freedom and flexibility to do this. It doesn't mean to take huge gaps of time away from something. You know, people say, well, when are you gonna retire? I say, retiring is something you do from something you don't like doing. All right. <laughs> I love this. Why would I retire? Right. So that's what I would probably have done differently. I would have not taken my foot off the gas. Maybe I would have, you know, backed off a little bit, but just not off the gas. You, know, you could have had a vacation home, home in Barbados that yeah. you went to for. Yeah, so, went too far. Yeah. One of the things that occurred to me as I was listening to that uh, lesson, Michael, is that, um, and this didn't apply to you, but maybe it did. You could speak to it. So I think what happens to most people that get to that point is their, their motivation to get there is, well, I want to get to 100 grand a month. I want to get to the top position. I want to get to a certain place for me. And they forget about the people that help them get there. What about them? What about reaching down you know, okay, you're at the top rank. Well, now, what about for the next five years, you know, see how many people you can get to the top rank. You know, that ought to always be the ultimate rank is how many people have you partnered with to get to the ultimate rank. But you told me you have 22 people on your team that are at the top rank. Mm -hmm. So... <clears throat> Yours was not a selfish, narcissistic journey, but I think in a lot of cases it is. It's, it's all about me and how fast I can get there and how much money I can make. And, you know, then if the company doesn't keep dangling something else for me, I run out of motivation. But that's a, so you want to speak to that? Did, did that occur to you or... Yeah, Did you stay I, I, focused on helping your people get to where you were? Well, I stayed focused on building infrastructure. So um, if it wasn't one organization, it was another. Uh, the Royal Alliance, for instance, uh, forged that. It was always an attempt to create community, and I've always worked cross-line. So it's been um, – it, it's culturally how we do it in, in Niken, but I've always had a focus for helping – the company in terms of the, from the field's perspective. So whatever I did was with the, with the cooperation and collaboration of the entire field leadership. Um, that's not an easy thing when you've got a lot of eagles to kind of get everybody to fly in formation. Right. Um, but it's been what I focused a large amount of my energy on. And I think that's the mistake is that I should have kept a, an eye on my own business and not, the whole, not everybody's business kind of thing. And, and so, um, I'm, I, I, like I said, I don't regret, I have a great business, but I could have done more with and for my team had that been my focus rather than the broader picture, which is, which has been time consuming and, and difficult at times as well. Right. Yeah. So what's next for you? Um, I mean, I have a suspicion based on, 
me just seeing you for the last six months or year that you're you got some new vision like you're you're taking things to a new level what are you up to and what's the motive behind it well i um i have it's it's in a book i wrote um about niken that pretty much lays out the game plan that i've always always followed and it's all principle based but um, I see myself as giving birth to the next generation. And I, I'm, I'm the last of the baby boomers. I was born in 64, so I'm 54. And I see a generation gap. I see a huge gap in, in the, the, the company being poised and positioned to continue its, its legacy into the next generation. We've done a terrible job, I think, personally, I've done a terrible job of transferring the, the value of this to the next generation. Only my daughter just last month got enrolled. My daughter. who just <laughs> So it's like, so I, I see the value of, of helping uh, transition and, and, and give Nikan a new rebirth in terms of the next generation because it deserves to be there. What these products do for people, what this philosophy does for people, what this business structure does for people, this company is 43 years in the making. This deserves to continue, and it will only do so when we give birth to the next generation, when we can sh find other leaders who can see for themselves their next four-year career or their 27-year career. And so it's now about imparting that vision to the next generation, sort of taking a, a step back and saying, I've had my 27 years. I'm looking to help the, the, the people who want to own this thing for the next 27 years and take it to heights that we've never even seen or imagined. Right. And so how do you do that? that so that's been the, the challenge. First and foremost, we've got a new comp plan, which is killer. It's the simplest plan I've ever seen. And yet, and it's, it's so uh, doable. So that's part of it to, to promote it using every as, a, aspect. I know using social media, zoom, zoom presentations, et cetera. We're, we're doing a kickoff event here in October, thanks for to you. You're coming to help us do this kickoff event to give this concept of humans being more a leg up, a, a, a showcase event where the people who will be on that stage are all top income earners in NECANS. And, and we're showing them that it's, it's not just the baby boomers, but we've got a new emerging generation. We've got a bunch of people from Latin America coming in and they're gonna help us showcase the fact that this is an opportunity that's poised for the next generation. Our products, our technology absolutely speak to every generation. I see you're drinking water. Water's not gonna go away. It's not a fad. It's something that we absolutely need to sustain life. And we've got some of the best water technology out there. So I wanna help give this company the next 20 years. And so my goal, my focus is to find people who are, who are hungry, people who want to live the best life they can live, have had it up to here with the status quo or, or climbing the corporate structure or find themselves disenfranchised because the changes that are happening in the economy due to technology is really disruptive. Well, we see a future here. I know the, the, the healthcare industry is a multi-trillion dollar industry and, and I think the wellness industry could do as much if not more to improve the quality of life on this planet by providing an alternative solution. 
And so the people who are the, the, the forebearers of that, the people who are the, the representatives of that, it's not going to come from the top down. It's going to come from the bottom up. That's how this is going to happen. Right. And so there's a huge opportunity for people out there with some light in their eyes, some ambition in their heart, and they want to make a difference. This is the place to do it. This is where you can really showcase your talent and be given all the help you need at no cost. You, you, we, we offer help at no cost to those who demonstrate they want it. I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful, I think this is a very divine plan to, to make a difference in the world because it's not, I'm not paid to do this. I'm not paid to reach down and help people. Yes, there's a compensation. However, it's not why we do it. The motivation is different. And it's, it's I think the law of return. I think Bob Proctor talks about this all the time in his seminars, you know, and, and, the, and think and grow rich and how, how you are compensated for making a difference. The difference, you know, Zig Ziglar was always talking about that. Make enough, make a, a difference in the lives of other people have all the difference you want in your, Bob Proctor would say to, to, to me, if you, wanna, if you wanna know the difference somebody is making in the world, just look at the difference the world is making in them. And it's measurable, right? In terms of yeah. their money and their recognition. So we have a, a system that I think um, plays on an even field, allows anybody to become as unequal as they like to be. And, and there are people like me, and I'm not alone, people like you who are standing by eager to help. Yeah. And it is, like you say, a divine model, Michael, for this new generation who does not fit into any kind of mold working in a cubicle or slaving away for some company for 40 years. The younger generation wants freedom of expression. They want freedom. They want to contribute. They want to matter. They want their work to matter. They want their work to contribute to the future of our society and our environment and healthcare and politics. And, and you know, going to work for some company, that's not a good fit for them. And I think we're just right in that place where maybe we have not, no, for sure. We, not necessarily you and I, but as a profession, we have done a lousy job the last 50 years of representing this profession in a way that people would even be curious about it. And so they don't know much about it. And to the degree they think they know something about it, they don't want to do it. And so it is our job to do it in a way so that people actually go, oh, wow, you're a network marketer? Well, well you don't seem like a jerk. Why are you, why are you a network well, marketer? <laughs> I, I love the title of your, of your training, The Authentic Networker. I mean, that's, you know, I, we, we had a family um, tragedy this, well, this, this past week. And my daughter got up and spoke um, uh, in the reception afterwards, and, and she said one thing she had learned from my father who had passed was uh, to be authentic, that, that she made a promise and a commitment at that point that she would, she would live her authentic self. And wow, uh, in the world she's living in right now where everybody's an avatar, you don't even know yeah. who you're talking to anymore because it's all a representation of the truth, not necessarily the truth as they like to project it on social media. So she's living in a world where it's hard to distinguish truth from, from fiction. And here she is saying, I'm going to be the truth. I'm going to represent the truth because I'm just going to be myself. 
that's a huge step forward, I think, for, yeah. for our future. And this is what we need to bring to this industry is an understanding that the people who you really want to learn from and associate with are genuine, they're authentic, they really do care. Yes, they have charisma, but they have that charisma because they're passionate about what they're doing. They're yeah. being funded and fueled spiritually. Yeah, you got it. Well, Michael, uh, an absolute joy to get to know you at a higher level. You are, you are a great ambassador and um, example and, and philosopher. So many people that I meet in this profession, they have achieved the success, but financially, they haven't quite like evolved to be grateful for it or uh, be in a position of passing it on like you are. So I really, really enjoyed your story. I trust that everybody out there listening got some great nuggets strategically and also philosophically from Michael and, and that it will adjust your game plan about what you're gonna do with your life, who you're gonna be, and when it comes to building your empire, how are you gonna go about doing it? And I think the one thing I got from you, Michael, um, is, you know, just reinforcement of how important and how profound strategy is. And coming from a nuclear scientist or space, whatever you were, what, what were you like? Space, <laughs> aerospace engineer. I, li I loved your analogy at the very beginning. You can take, what is that stuff? Uranium. Uranium. Plutonium. And you can, plutonium, and you can burn it slowly forever, right? And all it does is warm the house. But if you compress how long you take for it to burn, what does it do? It's Boom. explosive, yeah. So take whatever you're going to do and compress it, right? It's one of the principles of what we teach in Bliss Business is just give yourself a limited amount of time to do whatever you think you're going to come up with doing. And you'll get five times more done and you'll be a powerful inspiration for your ripple effect on your team. So Michael, wow, thank you so much. Uh, those of you listening, pass this on, share this with your team, get other people to listen to it. Just think like you might be listening to this live, but if you pass this on and let people listening to it, they might be listening to it five or 10 years from now. And Michael's message is going to have as much or more impact on people then as it does now. Hey, Richard, just a little plug for you. This book is a must. <laughs> this is a must. If you're at all interested in being a professional network marketer, you need to understand what, what makes it all happen, what makes this and all success possible. It's in here. If you're listening to this on audio, he held up the book Mach 2. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. I appreciate the plug. Hey, everybody, have a fantastic week, and uh, we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks with our next tarot call. Remember, we were interviewing the extraordinary. I'd like to tell you, don't try this ho at home, but that's the point of it. Go try it at home. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. 
If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.